back. It is another episode of DadCast. Today, we are live in person at Nova Sauna in Grants Pass doing a episodic episode in person. Yeah, good stuff. As always, I am JP. That guy's Nick. Nick, how are you, bud? Good, man. You said in person a lot. Yes, it is. I did it on I'm purpose. Glad we all know that we're in person. We are in person, live. Like I'm touching. In you. Nova Sauna. Yes, you are. You finally get the opportunity because we rarely get to do these things, you know, together in a studio in or whatnot. Yeah. In person. Right. Yeah. It's crazy. All right, it's all good right. to see you. And that was Dadcast. Have a great rest of your day. Peace. Today, man, on the show, we are stoked to have uh, a couple of guys with us at Nova Sauna. First one I'm going to introduce you to is the man, the myth over here. Julian. Julian, how are you, bro? I'm well, thank you very much. Thank right you for on. having us. Absolutely. Thank you for having yeah, us. Thank you. We appreciate your time. And of course, today, man, we've got another Nick. And he is right there. Two. Mr. Nick. What, what are your last names? Beta. Nick Beta and Julian? Congelosi. Congelosi. Did I say that right? You did good. All right. Right on. Good job. Thanks for having us here, you guys. Half Lebanese and a half Italian. There we go. Dude, I'm half ass. Together we so, make So, you know, from at least that's what I've been, my wife tells me, you know, whatever. Like, actually, that's not entirely she's true. Being, she's being kind. Like, she she is asshole. being kind. <laughs> all right, man. So, gentlemen, if you weren't aware, Dad cast our podcast. Uh, first of all, we we uh, we hit a milestone today, at least the day of this recording. Um, we're pretty big on social media, not to float our own boats, but our lowest number is the YouTube channel. I don't know if you guys are aware of how hard it is to get subscriptions and get that thing going, but yeah. we celebrate today 10,000 subscribers on the YouTube channel oh, of DadCast. I just got really nervous. <laughs> Congratulations. Pretty cool. Let's, we're talking here, thousands upon thousands of views of every episode, yeah. so no pressure. Yeah. yeah. Gentlemen, DadCast uh, is all about celebrating dads, so we like to talk our path, our journey um, in being dads. Now, with that being said, Nick, I will start with you. The first question we always ask on the podcast, are you a dad? I am a dad. All right, how many kids you got, man? Talk to us. I have two kids, a 14-year-old and a nine-year-old. Boys, girls? So my nine-year-old's a boy, my 14-year-old is a girl. Okay. And uh, they're both adopted. Okay. Which is uh, quite a blessing. Can you get a little dive deeper into that? Well, my wife and I were young and successful and bored and my wife didn't really want to have kids and and I did and so we kind of had this great idea that I came up with with a little schemey yeah which was like hey let's just foster kids you know we'll be a foster parent and then and then you know she'll be a great mom and and then she'll have kids and then we'll be parents you know maybe someday and uh, that was the idea and the first kid we got was just came up for adoption and we bonded to her so quick my daughter just like it's so quickly, awesome. you know, and uh, and that was the slippery slope, mm -hmm. and so. How long has it been? How long have you had the kids? Uh, my daughter, we adopted her when she was ten years old, ten okay. months old. Ten months. Ten months. All right, so this is. It's a long time ago. My and my son, um, who's nine now, he we adopted him when he was two months. Two months. Okay. Now, I don't know how important this question is, or if I should even ask it, but are they? aware that they've been adopted fully okay fully. good because i'm like you know if they happen to come across this episode that's going to be a really it's shocking a awkward day <laughs> it is, it's always funny it's always funny because my my wife is uh mexican mm -hmm. you know born in mexico immigrated 
and I'm half Lebanese, and our daughter is this towhead, blonde hair, blue <laughs> eye, but she has very similar features, very, very cute little nose and really pretty eyes. They're both really pretty, my wife and my daughter. And some people are like, oh, your daughter's so beautiful. And, and we do the running joke, like, really? I mean, she is kind of Mexican and she's blonde, you know, right. not put that together. Well, right. <laughs> people, can, people can look over, but my son, I mean, he has all my mannerisms and he talks like me. He's loud and obnoxious and arrogant like me. I mean, he's picked up so much of me and we look a lot alike. And so, so many people have no clue when it comes to him. Right. Okay. But and we are it's the same situation him. as your daughter. Like you, you got him when he was a baby as well. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. So she was 10 months. He was two months. Awesome. And the daughter's the older one. You said 14. Yeah. Are we coming? You know what? I'll get, I'm going to roll back to that. Julian. Yes, sir. Are you a dad? I am. Talk to us. Uh, I have two boys. Okay. One's nine and one is three. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. Any 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 troubles so far? Any sibling rivalry going on there yet? You know they're far enough apart that it's not too bad. But the the three year old, the little the little one, he weighs about as half as much as the nine year old. Right. And they have about the same size head. <laughs> so the nine year old, you know, he's learned his lesson a few times already, where it's like. You're gonna, you just got payback for pushing the buttons too much right. of a three year old. So you better watch out because this little guy's gonna grow up and you're, yeah. you're, you're yeah, you're gonna get hurt. But nine years old, and now you to me look like a pretty young fella. Uh huh. So what? Were you 15 when they had these kids? Close. No, I'm, I'm uh, 35. Okay, all right. So I was 26 when he was born. All right, it's about about the average, about the norm. Nick over here, I don't know if you guys are aware, but he is 43 years old, oh, right? I am. And has six children. Holy And, one and his seventh will be here in January. Whoa! It's <laughs> crazy. Uh, that goes from dad to dad, pa. That's right. <laughs> dad paw. Well, yes. Wisdom. Wisdom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, man. With yeah, dad it's, yeah, it's crazy. Um, yeah, so I was like all done. My youngest, when I met my wife, was like 13 or 12 or something. You know, we were close to being done, and she didn't have kids. So she's like, let's have a kid. And I was fixed. So I got unfixed mm -hmm. and uh, started the whole, we did IVF, did the yeah. whole process, planned these, this, this one, my two-year-old and my new baby out. So. It's definitely a different thing when you plan them out and you are expecting it and it's not like, oh shit, have a, have a, have a bad night at the bar and you're like, damn it. Right. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so it's, it's, it's I, really I, cool. I call it a good night at the bar. But it is a good night at a bar, but yeah, then it's like two weeks later, you're like, damn it. Oops. Yeah. yeah. Well, not this time around. No. So your 14 year old daughter, Nick, are you experiencing any difficulties recently? As in Nick and I, my, my oldest is about to turn 18 in two weeks from the day we record this show. Mm -hmm. And the last three years, four years have been absolute friggin' nightmares for us. Just because it seems like the norm, you know, getting independent, thinking they know more than the parents, pushing boys. back at every, yeah, boys, mm -hmm. and it's sometimes girls, uh, pushing back where they can. Have you started to experience any of that yet? You know, what? It's ironic you ask that because she's been getting straight A's and she just had a little bit of a dip and uh, and so we, We've been on her so tight um, She just doesn't really have a lot of opportunity to fade off too much, but uh, We just grounded her today, which was like her ground is like 
okay, you're not going to rowing, you know, it's not, it's not a big deal. She hit, she, we keep her really busy. Right. Um, so one of the things that my wife insists on is that our kids will play an instrument, which to me, I never, I mean, I played the piano when I was younger and then my, my friends bullied me and peer pressured me and I was a jock. And so I thought it was stupid anyways. I didn't right. do it. And, uh, but she's stuck with it. You know, my wife is very persistent, just keeping them in it. And, uh, and so she's got a full plate. She doesn't have time to slip up because something something drips. You know, she, she's doing the rowing team, the crew, which is amazing for scholarships. And then, uh, and so she loves it so much. It's it's the little bit of leverage that we have. You know, that doesn't seem like punishment to me. Not letting her go to rowing. I know, class. right? <laughs> like, <that's> like, a... <laughs> I thought maybe taking the phone away or well, you know, that's already that was that's like number one. The phone goes right. Know? Okay. Like, we, we waited so long to give her a phone, and then we finally did because all the other kids. And every day we regret it. Like, why did we give her a phone? It's just mm-hmm. there's mm-hmm. such a pathway to just hectic mayhem, texting in class all the time. Right. Thankfully, um, we sent her to uh, private school, St. Mary's, and they're amazing. And we get to see her grades and her scores. Everything's like uploaded instantaneously. So yeah, same with like, my kids. When she starts slipping, we're on top of it. It's not like it's not like when we went to school. Yeah. You could wait they, three months. Report, like, yeah. Oh my goodness, the, the report card came. I got to be out the mail so I could steal the exactly. report card. Yeah. <laughs> no, they didn't Gosh. see that. Ask. Well, sorry, I don't know where it went. Like all you're pro- doing is like pro- pro- procrastinating the inevitable. But you just reminded me of a great story that I want to share. I come from so I graduated high school in 1993. So. Junior high, freshman year, we're talking 88, 89, give or take. And we got report cards mailed home and they're all computer. You know, it's almost like opening up a bill, right? One year I was getting like a D or something and I was normally fairly good at this point. I I, I devised this whole plan and I intercepted the mail. I opened my report card. I took an old report card that had an A on it. I cut it out. This is pre-Photoshop, right? <laughs> cut it out, cut out the A, glued it over the D, and then went and photocopied that version. And when the parents came home, I said, you guys will never believe it. They don't mail them home anymore. Here's a photocopy I got from the office. And hand it over. Preemptive. They never knew a thing. Beautiful. And now, God rest their souls, they're both gone from this world. That's the first time I've ever shared that in public. Um, and I got the grade up, so by the time, and then what, what really almost backfired though is then the next one came, and it came in the mail. Like, I thought they changed the policy. It's like, <laughs> oh, I have no idea. Maybe they was a one-off or whatnot. But anyway, got away with that one one time. I thought for sure you were going to say you turned the D into a B because That's I, I pulled that one off. A little black <laughs> <laughs> right? ink. Oh, yeah, just one yeah. little line. Yeah, exactly. didn't yeah. even think of that. That would have been way easier. A lot easier. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, there's me. Okay. Going over the top yeah. even since I was 14 years old. Julian, nine-year-old and three-year-old boys. I got two girls and one boy. Um, I can't really ask a question about is it different from raising a boy and a girl, so we'll get to that you and Nick, but I am curious to know, nine and a half years ago, give or take, it was a fateful day. Your wife or girlfriend came up to you and said, hey, hon, guess what? And let you know you're going to be a dad. Uh Do you recall that day? Oh, yeah, vividly. How are the emotions, man? Then? Yeah. It was it was uh, overwhelming, but <clears throat> it was all I really wanted in life, like from a young age, was to have a family and to have that, that piece of life. And so I feel like it came early in life for me. Uh, but it was really funny because 
my dad had said something to me when I was young. He was like, life happens while you're busy making other plans. And some reason that always stuck with me and it was the, somehow I connected it to like the moment where your family would start or like that type of situation. And uh, so we're, you know, we're going to get, you know, go to the, you know, uh, Women's Health Center, you know, go see if we're pregnant or not. Right. And, and this song comes on, it's, I, I forget the name of the song, I think it's like Canon and D, but it's this song, it's this classical song, and somehow that was looped into this whole connection of like, life happens while you're busy making other plans, and that starts playing while we're in the waiting room, and I was like, it's here. Here's your sign. <laughs> I already knew. Yeah. You know, we went in, but I, you know, I already knew. Uh, but it was like, it was right before we were going to get married. It was within like... Were you scared or were you just like, let's no, go, man, no, here we go, it's time. I wasn't scared at all. Totally well, confident. Like, it's awesome. You are Ready the first guest in over 100 guests we've had on this podcast to admit that. So yeah. it's okay to be scared, even a little bit. Just <laughs> no, I mean, <laughs> I'm, I'm still scared. I've, I've done this six times. <laughs> I know the thing that gets me is why you'd be scared. You got nine months to plan for a baby to come into this world. Right. I was up on the golf course in Portland. Uh, going to tee off and my phone rings and my wife's panicking. Oh baby, what's going? Oh my goodness! The, the, what? Slow down, slow down, right. slow down. Breaks. Just say it slowly. They said they have a baby, and they want to bring her over. And so I'm, I told her, I'm like, listen, I, I gotta get off the phone. I'm teeing off. <laughs> we're holding up the we're holding up the course. We've 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 gone through the courses. We're all trained up. Just just say yes. Oh, okay, okay. So she gets off the phone. I hit my driver, par five. I'll never forget it. Crushed like 330. I mean, I, I was driver pitching wedge. Stuck it two feet from the cup. Right. I'm walking up to the to the green, and my phone rings again. And it's my wife. Freaking out. I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Wait, what are you doing? She's like, she's here. She's here. I'm like, what do you mean she's there? That quick? Like, yeah, she said she dropped off the, 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 she dropped her off the clothes and the car seat. She said, here you go. And she turned around and left. And so here's your baby. Have here's a nice your day. Baby. So, so, you know, nine months to plan for a baby. Right. Chill out. You're, you're good. You know what I mean? I had like, I literally picked up, I walked up, tapped my, my eagle in, went home. I uh, went to my friend's house who just got over the baby stage. By the time I, I got my van, drove back to Grants Pass. You were a dad. I, I was a dad. I had wow. four hours. I had four hours, and you know. And by the time I got home, my uncle brought over a crib. Uh, my mom had brought over bottles, and we had food and bouncers. We were we were fully set up in four hours, you know. So I walked in, and there was a little blonde little toehead looking up at me, and I said, "Hey, kid," and that was it. So four-hour story there uh, any, awesome. any possibility of uh, more children in your future I mean I is the wife ready yet? I want more children but she's running wild over there okay <laughs> all right I'm out working and running businesses and she's taking care of most of the responsibility but um, I would I would welcome more at some point right Julia more kids I'm pretty happy with two okay fair enough <laughs> I'm pretty much to keep done. you busy yeah yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Any future masseuses? <laughs> if you had, I don't know. If you had a choice in what those boys end up doing for a living, now granted, we always want our children to do a certain thing, and they end up doing probably the exact opposite. But I mean, right now, if your boys could be 
doctors, chiropractors, masseuses, sports stars, athletes, whatever, what would you choose for them? Um, <clears throat> for the younger one, yeah. it's going to be something in music. Okay. I believe. Because he, he's got rhythm, he loves to dance. You put a, put a, I put a pair of headphones on him when he was really little, listening to uh, Chris Stapleton, you know the Chris Stapleton oh. song, the uh, Starting Over? Okay. And he's got that nice rhythm yeah. at the beginning, and he just starts grooving and dancing. He's like, I don't know, eight months to a year <laughs> and something. And I was like, this kid's going to do something with music. The other one, I don't know. <laughs> He'll go super deep into something, like scooter riding, or dirt bike riding, or bike riding. He'll go super deep into it and get really good at something, and then kind of pop out the other side and be like, all right, well, uh, What's next? I'm He's going to be a jack trades. So yeah, he'll be in that vein, or just you know, talented at multiple things, and maybe transition multiple times into different talents and skills. So I don't really know for him. Okay. But that's my gut feeling on the little one. Nice. My, my baby girl, my nine-year-old. Uh, I love telling the story, Nick. Are you eating brownies over there? No, no, drinking zero. Oh, for the record, there's brownies, just there's saying. Brownies. Um, my baby girl, she's nine years old. She's kind of a jack-of-all-trades type thing, too, but recently, I, I flew to Vegas, two-hour flight, not even. Um, she texts me, says, Daddy, I've got something for you when you get off the plane right before I got on. I land, I receive a text message. She wrote, sang, and put behind music and video in the entire time I was gone, the first verse of a brand new song she wrote. Wow. And I was like, oh my god. And you know what? It's pretty good. You know, a lot of times as a dad, you're going, oh great, that's you know, oh that's so good, honey, and it's crap. This was <laughs> this was really good. That's awesome. And I was just like, I hope she pursues that more, because I mean, that was the one of the greatest gifts I ever received, man. I mean, I literally almost broke down in tears on the airplane, ready to get off going. Just, it was so beautiful. I'm like, that came from me. My heart's outside my body writing music right now. Oh my gosh, amazing. That's you didn't get the opportunity. Nick didn't get the opportunity, but you did, I'm guessing. Were you in the room when your children were born? Yo, yeah, I mean, both of them, we did a natural birth. Uh, the first one was a water birth. And so I was right there the whole time in the water, doing thing, catching wow. the baby. Uh, Same when, here, we did a water so, birth. So you asked earlier about like being scared or whatever. <clears throat> When I first, so, you know, you're in the water, the baby's almost there, it's this big moment, and you see all of a sudden, like, the hair floating in uh -huh. the water, and I was like, all right, <laughs> <laughs> this shit just got real, right? like, yeah. this, yeah. this is definitely happening, uh -huh. and, uh, whew, okay, let's go, and, but just from then on, I mean, it's just, yeah, it's a huge learning curve. Yeah, but well, it always is, every point. single day, still. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's it's definitely crazy, though, like, you, you have the nine months to prepare, but, you really don't have nine months to prepare because like it's not real until right. you're holding it so it's kind of it, it's like a whole different situation for us we've for had us. that talk yeah, yeah. For, the, for the moms for the moms it's like yeah they got seconds in, in utero they're, they're mom changes mm -hmm. immediately yeah. yeah we're not yet yeah. no we got an argument she's like I'm, I'm not a dad yet she's like yes you are I'm like, but, I'm, but I'm not I don't feel it yet right. I mean I know there's a gigantic baby in there right now but I don't feel and then boom he was born and just yeah. it just all washed over and was it was the greatest day ever, man. Yeah. Woo wee. Mm. Yeah. So let's go back and touch on the foster parent thing. So we have okay. we actually never had a foster parent on, so this is really cool. So I work with our foster kids in Grants Pass. Yeah. My mother-in-law actually runs that. Mm -hmm. So it's it's really cool to actually talk to somebody that's taken in kids and raised them and stuck with it. And we see a lot of times where people get the kids and 
<clears throat> and then a couple weeks later, they don't have the kids anymore, and it's right. just it's a bad situation. And so yeah. it's, it's cool, and I respect what you did. That's awesome. It's uh, it's challenging, you know. Uh, it's one of the things we remind our kids. No, no, no shame against the real dads, right? But uh, you know, you can. Hey, I don't. I'm not going to interrupt. But almost any dad can have a have a any almost any man can have a, a kid. You mm -hmm. know, it's like opening your heart to love on other people's kids is a yeah. whole other challenge. Oh, yeah. And then when you add foster parenting into that, you're like, you're you're risking on the front end. Like I'm going to go in there and try and love on this kid, and then they might just get taken away. Mm -hmm. You know, a year in, right. six months in, and it's you know it's very challenging. Mm -hmm. So it takes a strong uh, awareness of that up front. I would say if yeah. someone's going to do it, but there's nothing more rewarding. I think um, you know uh, we we chose to love those children and um, and we picked them. You know, to some mm -hmm. extent, but it was you know it's from it was a God moment when they came into our house, and um, for me it's like financially my life turned over. It was. I struggled to make money, and once I did this, it was like blessings abound. Mm -hmm. So, um, and it's continued uh, to this day, which has been amazing. Uh, I would never change it, and I recommend anybody if they, if they're kind of on the edge and they're thinking, you know, I'm not quite ready, just dive in and go for it. Um, yeah. You know, because it's like loving on these kids, even if it's for a few months, you could change their lives mm -hmm. forever. Um, but it can be scary, and you know, there is a risk of. You know the child getting going back to the right. previous situation, um, but maybe for three months or six months they saw something normal and felt unconditional love. That, and so and that can like totally change your life forever, too. Yeah. right? So uh, so it's a huge need. And and where we live in Jackson County right now, um, where uh, I live in Jackson County, but there's there's basically ten open beds mm -hmm. available right now, and th it's not nearly enough. There's no. way more kids. You know, no, I think we have huge 420 kids in Grants Pass, right. just in Josephine County. So then I think Jackson is like probably triple that. Mm -hmm. It's just, it's insane. So, yeah. Well, uh, our first go was with our daughter, and it was this, it was this case that no one's ever really seen. And because they, when we first got approved, we had a big house, we had a four bedroom house, it was just the two of us. And, I had a real successful construction company and my wife didn't have to work and so um, once once we were all approved they were they were so gung-ho the DHS they wanted to bring us a bunch of kids so they tried to like <laughs> land us with three right. kids right off the get-go like you got this big house you know it's three to them it's like three beds all right yeah. dude, all right not check that off the box you know I got rid of three you know basically because mm -hmm. that's their job to go and take kids and find a place for them to go uh, but we had a mentor and she was telling them she told us, you tell them no, we just want a baby to start. No, we just want a baby. And, and they say, baby, we never get babies, you know? Like, well, it doesn't happen. And, uh, and so, ten, you know, about a month later, this all came down and we uh, came into our daughter. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and her parents- Now, was she a foster child at first? She came into the foster system, and this was a different story, because normally, in the foster system, it's DHS has to go remove the child from a home. Uh, the parents are unwilling because right. of a certain situation, whatever it is, abuse, physical, emotional, sexual, uh, you, you name it, um, the sky's the limit. But in this case, the parents came forward with their daughter and because they just couldn't, they couldn't take care of her. They knew they couldn't, they were in a really bad 
position and in life and uh and so um they we had her for about a month and they asked for a letter and so my my wife wrote a letter my wife has this way of work with words it's just unbelievable um and she wrote him this letter that really touched their heart and so we went to the very first we went to the very first court date and her, the parents were there and uh and so uh we didn't bring the daughter the cc but um our daughter but um, we were there to watch the court proceedings and the dad came up and looked me in the eye and and so we read your letter it was unbelievable we just we're so thankful that you guys are caring for her will you adopt my daughter whoa <laughs> whoa, right. whoa. I, I was like taken back for a moment I'm like hold on i was just gonna foster and then go on vacation you know it's like yeah. i was gonna help a kid out they give him back and but it was i just felt this weight and i i looked him in the eye i said uh he asked me if i'd raise her like my own and uh and give her everything he could and absolutely so i committed to that at the moment and then we went into court and the parents gave up their rights willfully in front of the judge the um, mm -hmm. and both the husband the mother and the father both had their own lawyers to make sure that the father wasn't pressuring the right. you know there was no pressure in between right and the lawyers were all crying and and the dhs agent was crying and and so we're sitting in the we're sitting in the court talking to the the gal our our our, our agent and we're like is it, what's going on here is this normal she's like she's wiping tears <laughs> no this isn't normal this never happens you know um, and so it was. It was an opposite meant to be. scenario. Meant to be. Right. That's, yeah. That's Has there awesome. been any contact from the parents since? Uh, the grandparents. We've kept in touch with some grandparents and um, sent them some stuff and you know pictures and right. um, a little bit. But for the most part, not really. Um, our kids are fully aware, and we let them know. And I'm sure mm -hmm. at some point they'll want to meet their parents, and we try and just tell them everything we know and show them pictures and. Um, you know, it's, it's real obvious they're not our kids. They don't look like us. They're blonde, you know. Yeah. We're Lebanese and Mexican. Benny <laughs> looks like you. Benny does look like exactly you. Like he does. No. Yeah. Well. Wow. Um, That's a great story, man. Yeah. I mean, that pretty crazy. But ironically, I was. It was right when the market had crashed, and I had, I had a piece of property, that I had split off two lots in my house, and I took the two lots. I use them as collateral to buy this rental property. And uh, the rental property was cash flowing really well, like 600 bucks a month. And I just use them as collateral to get the loan. And the the bank is now totally over leveraged Bank of the Cascade. And they're calling me saying, we need you to pay off the loan. You got 30 days. And I tried to sell these lots, nobody wanted them. And, uh, <clears throat> and so they were basically, as like, I had 20 days left maybe. And the bank was going to come and grab those lots because they, they could. It, when you have a short-term mm -hmm. loans like that, they can just call up your loan, and if you don't cash them out, then they just take possession of them, foreclose you. And I was going to lose both lots and the house. And right after that court hearing, I came home, and a guy knocked on my door and made me a full-price offer for my lot. Hadn't been on the market for like three months, and he's like, "Well, can we? Can you close in a week?" I'm like. Yeah, so it was just like a sign, you know, yeah. too powerful to deny. Mm -hmm. um, and so as that, as, what happened with her was they gave, the parents gave up their rights 
assuming we were going to adopt her, his family, her family, they were all on board with we were, we were going to be the family. So none of the, the direct family stepped up. Well, six months later, since the state goes and does their standard procedure for every kid, they go looking for family members. Well, uh, my daughter had two half siblings that were adopted out and they were like 14 and eight, 14 and 16. And they were living in Florida with an adopted mom. And she was, she was, uh, she was six. She was 62, and she was married to an 82-year-old. And they wanted to take possession of this child. Well, since they're actually a, a biological, or not biological, but adopted parent, and we were just a foster parent, they actually took precedent. So they came to us and they told us they were going to take the child. They about two, as soon as the the Florida studies case studies done, if they get approved, that basically we had no rights. Well, I went and hired the best lawyer you can hire, you know, in the Valley and paid all the money to try and fight it, even though I didn't really have a legal stance. Right. Because I hadn't had her a year. They had just changed the law from mm -hmm. six months. You keep the child for six months, then do a year. So they did this They did this whole home study in Florida, and it finally comes back. And I'm like, this guy's 82. You're going to take an infant, give it to a 62 and an 82 because she has siblings that are teenagers. And... Uh, yeah. You wonder what their what their motive was. Right. Exactly. Right. So 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 we're totally bonded to her. We love her. We're we're raising her like she's our daughter. And it's well, she is. it's fourteen months in, and uh, the study from Florida comes back and they approved. They approved them. So they they come over and they tell us they're approved. We're, now we're working on plane plane flights to get her and ship her off. And there's nothing we can do. Oh, and guess what happens. The old man dies dead. Ah, I'm sorry. <laughs> wow. Stroke from oh, God. Right. He drops dead. So now there's a new six-month study. Well, the, there's a third daughter who just turned 18. She turns 18 and she's out. She comes back to Oregon, leaves the family in Florida, and comes and meets us and tells us all about. Turns out the mom was fighting cancer. She had stents in her kidneys. And, um, and so, you know, this little girl that would have gone there would have ended up bonding to this old man who would have passed away. Right. And then in the long run, since that happened and she wasn't being open about her medical records, they ended up, the, the state of Oregon considered us under the earlier law. Um, the mm -hmm. local, the local uh, authorities did because they were just so upset. And so we ended up winning at a state trial, it took three years. It was a total roller coaster, um, and they ended up changing the law in Oregon because of it. Because they mm. turned it back to six months. Because oh, wow. once you're bonded to a child for that period of time, and a random person comes mm -hmm. in to the mix, yeah. that doesn't yeah, have that bond. They're, they're, you you, you got to have weight in that scenario, yeah. you know. And so we ended up winning the the state hearing seven to one, and uh, about a week later, the the woman who was fighting for her she dropped it. Oh my gosh. Who's so, the one in that seven and one? I'd like to have, yeah. she, just, can I just talk to you real so, quick and ask why? It's a crazy scenario <laughs> too, because so we don't get to go testify. They don't get to meet us and see who we are as people. Right. So basically we get a DHS agent, um, a worker, social worker basically. They interview us and they learn everything about us. And the other family gets the same thing. 
Right. And then these two people that like they work for the state for twenty bucks an hour, they go up to the they go up to Salem mm -hmm. and they plead your case they on your behalf. Your fate. They decide the yeah. fate of this child. And and the the one person that ruled against us says, Well, I just choose family no matter what, I'm blood all the all the way. And uh, and so so she would have been if they if they went on the earliest timeline she would have been shipped off and then put the back into foster care. Person died, another person right. died. Then she would have ended up with an uncle or who knows right. what. Or uh, you know, it's total strangers. Yeah, that's, so. like, that's just so ridiculous. I've seen so many times where the kids end up with a blood relative, but the blood relative obviously should not have a kid. Like literally right. one of them yeah. just for a tax break or yeah. something. It's, it's just it's terrible, infuriating. Yeah. Right. Wow, Julian, I'm sorry, yeah. man. We, <laughs> sorry, I'm feeling the thunder here. Yeah, I'm we used to it. It's pretty standard. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us about that. Thanks for sharing that story, though. That yeah, really it is amazing. That's, yeah. That's, um, that's dude, you guys, awesome. we're getting close to our end of time here. Um, Nick. I know I'm putting you on the spot, well, but I know you haven't know what's happening. No, we need, we need to talk about Nova Sauna. Like, tell us about Nova Sauna. Okay, let's talk about Nova Sauna. No, we're going to talk about Nova Sauna in one second. We're going to do Fast Five, okay? We're going to ask right. random quick questions. You ready? Okay. And, and, and Nick's going to go first. We're going to do it different this time. Nick, go. Okay, if you could have a billboard with anything on it, what would it be and why? For the business? Or no, just life? Anything. anything. You can have Whatever. a billboard with anything. What Whatever. are you going to do? Whatever you want. <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you why I asked this question. So when we first started this two years ago, we had like one episode out. I bought a billboard on, what is it, Crater Lake, Crater Lake Highway. Crater Lake Highway. And said, the number one parenting podcast in the world with our faces on it. Uh, uh, genius. Uh, I, don't, I don't know about genius, but... We're, we're pretty damn close, though. I, but now, <laughs> we're pretty close to that fact, believe yeah. it or not. The two guys from Oregon. We're actually yeah, doing a We're in the top 50 in dad podcasts. And top one and a half percent of all podcasts in the world. But this is not about us. Wow. What's your favorite thing to cook for your kids, Nick? Steak. Oh, I want to come live with Nick's I know. house. Man. I smoke it first. It's the best thing. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. okay. mm -hmm. Let's go. Can you want to adopt us? <laughs> <laughs> Julian, what's your biggest parenting fail as a dad? Not following through with strong enough consequences immediately. Ooh, that's a great answer. <laughs> because you let them slip once or twice, it's over. Uh-huh. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Right. That right. kind of beats mine, leaving my kids in the shopping cart at Walmart by accident. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> this, these are facts, gentlemen. <laughs> the these truth. are facts. <laughs> that's what happens more than two. What's your uh, greatest parenting accomplishment up until this date? Uh... Adopting children. Come okay, on. I was gonna say the fact they're still alive is pretty decent. Yeah, right? my boy is barely alive. I tell you that. <laughs> yeah, if we had another three hours on the stories, woof. Oh, <laughs> well, we'll invite you back. Yeah. I feel like we need more time with just you one on one anyway, since Nick stole literally all of your thunder <laughs> today. But that was a beautiful, beautiful <laughs> story. The ER yesterday. <laughs> all right, oh, so I'm gonna finish this episode off with um, what I like to think as the most prolific question. Is that a word? Pro prolific? And since you stole three of my questions. Yeah, well, we were doing it together. And plus, I got your back today. I know you're not right. feeling great. All right, you know what I'm saying? Um, I'm gonna ask the same question you're gonna answer first, okay? No pressure. All right. If you were to impart any bit of wisdom or advice on any new dad or soon-to-be father, what's it gonna be? Okay. <clears throat> Follow your instincts and, and trust yourself that you 
are going to make the right choices. Like follow your gut, follow your instinct for sure. Uh, time with your children, just time, whatever it is, whatever you're doing. Spend time with them, love on them, of course. Uh, I think communication, like twofold when it comes to being a parent, a father, figure moving forward in life is to lead by example and communicate with them what you're doing, why you're doing. I mean, leading by example is one thing, but when you can couple it with the explanation of the why so they can begin to learn and understand, support them in their thought process from an early age, that's kind of where I would I would go with it. All right. Good answer, Matt. Very good. Great. Great. That's why he's such a good dad. Uh, I, For other parents, I would say uh, discipline is love. Uh, and we love our kids, we don't want to discipline them. But disciplining your kids makes them feel loved and makes them feel secure that they know there's boundaries. And so many parents I see just struggle in that. And uh, because they love their kids, it's out of love, you know, we want to give our kids everything. And by giving them everything, including letting them get away with everything, yeah. we destroy them. We destroy their confidence. And, uh, and so that's the, the most important thing for me is just follow through on discipline and don't feel bad about it. You're not there to be their friends. You're there to structure their lives and so that they they learn right and They wrong. become successful humans. That's right. I gotcha. Awesome. That's, I struggle with that too. I mean, I they still get the discipline. Mom, <laughs> mom is the one who, uh, you're grounded and the next day they're doing whatever. And, right. and I'm like, what? You grounded them last night for whatever they did. Why are they, oh, you know. So then when that comes around me, I'm like, ah, uh-uh, you're back to being grounded, then I'm the bad guy, even though mom did it to begin with. But again, you know, we'll be friends when you're adults. Gotcha. Yeah. I'd also say, I'd also say slow to anger. Uh, and you know, you don't have to just be slow to anger, but carry a big stick, you know? If you say you're gonna be punished for X, Y, Z if you do this, and then when they do it, you don't even have to bother yelling them. Yep. You know, there's no yelling right. necessary. Mm-hmm. You just follow through. Just follow through. And then they have this respect for you and this boundary that you're you're rock solid and uh, and yep. you end up you end up having a peaceful life. And you live with them for right. a couple months. Well, that respect <laughs> you certainly don't see it immediately. It's not instant. Yeah. In fact, you think it's the exact opposite. But all right, those are good answers, gentlemen. All right, Nick, here we go. Yes. Let's talk about Nova Sauna, and then we're gonna get out of here today. I'm assuming you are a masseuse here, yeah. and I was jokingly off the air uh, telling you that we had another contract that I was supposed to get massaged during the entire yeah. episode, yeah. but <laughs> turns out there weren't enough employees in here to do that, which bumps me out, but we are, yes, inside Nova Sauna in Grants Pass. Tell us about this place, what you do, and all that good stuff, man. Uh, we'll start with just the tagline of it. I mean, what we do is we address the soft tissue in the body that's causing dysfunction or injury. That's That's what we do. Um, We decided to do this company together to find a better way to fix the problem, a faster way to fix problems. Um, The power of soft tissue work is phenomenal when done right. You know, a lot of people seek massage for relief and I sit here day in and day out listening to people's story. You know, they come in, they tell me about their pain and I go, well, what treatments have you tried? The typical stuff is chiropractic. PT, massage therapy, sometimes acupuncture, sometimes some obscure thing. Um, The majority of those people have all tried massage, and I say, which one gave you the most relief? 
most of the time they're gonna say massage. And say, okay, well, how long did it last? You know, last like a week or maybe a few days or, I was like, okay, that's great. That's great news because that worked. Now we're just going to capitalize on that and do that soft tissue work at a more advanced level. Right. To get those results to stick. I share this because the power of soft tissue work is, is, is huge because bones don't move themselves around. Not to discredit chiropractic at all because there's a time and place for it. PT, just continuing to do exercise, doesn't fix chronic pain. Neither of those options really fix chronic pain, but when you start addressing the soft tissue, these patterns in the body that have developed over years, a lifetime, you know, repetitive use patterns, sitting patterns, those kinds of things, when soft tissue work is done right, it'll heal the body and fix the problem for long-term relief so people can live pain-free, and that's no joke. There you have it. Very cool. Anyone watching or listening to this episode, wherever you may be, however you may be listening, but preferably if you are in the Southern Oregon area, where are you located? Do you have an online presence? Yeah, we do have an online presence. We have a website. You can go to our website at www.novasana.health, and you can find us on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook. That stuff's rolling. Uh, we're rolling out a lot of great content as far as starting self-care content. Things you can do at home and putting videos on of live treatments or you know, TikTok channel. <laughs> that just got banned. You didn't get the memo. <laughs> TikTok got banned? No. Oh. <laughs> I'm like, wait a minute. It's one of our revenue streams. No! We <laughs> the talk of the town anyway. We're gonna have to talk to Jesse about that one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Jesse. But uh, yeah, so go on go on YouTube channel, check out all of the you know videos we have. Uh, the, but but watching treatments is it gives you a chance to see something happen sort of in real time, but like before and after results of we, complex we, situations. We cure people on a daily basis, and, and when you call Julian a masseuse, it's, it, he's, he's like a, a healer is what he is. He, what we do is we have a proprietary process to find the source of people's pain. We use soft tissue methods to heal them, and it's so revolutionary. What, what, what I bring to the table as the business side of things is we're, we want to change the healthcare system and the way people are treated. Because right now, if you have an achy knee or a sore back, you go to your doctor, he sends you to a surgeon, the surgeon gives you a picture and diagnoses the problem and says, let's operate. And, or he sends you to a physical therapist and they try and strengthen some muscles. And then when that doesn't work, then they start cutting you. And we have client after client after client that were told they need knee replacement. They need a new kneecap. They need rotator cuff surgery. They, they, they can't lift their arm. We cure them in a couple of sessions. And it's mm. unbelievable. People that are chronically in pain for 10, 20 years at a time, and they come in in a few sessions and they're healed. We, we had to change the whole business model because he used to do massage where it's like, oh, you got the same people and if you treat them right, they're gonna come back every week. And, but now we, we cure them and they're like, sweet, I'm not coming back because I have no more pain. Uh, okay, I have the craziest, most random question to ask you. Actually, this is more geared towards you. I don't even know if it's possible, but do you know the sac that is uh, covers the brain and the spine that holds the spinal fluid? Mm -hmm. Okay. He has a hole in his, okay. so, which is causing some serious issues in his life for the past six months. Mm -hmm. Is anything that you do could help with that? Treatment-wise, modality-wise, no, but potentially red light therapy. Okay. Okay. Just because it can treat through the 
bones of the, okay. of the skull, the cranium, right, uh, and possibly help repair and regenerate tissue that because has we been need damaged. To, that hole needs to be plugged. Yeah, and then and the world will be much better for Nick. I am a cabinet maker, maker. <laughs> so I could cut a little ledge. <laughs> <laughs> it's a microscopic hole, I'm guessing, but I have no idea. Well, it's something to look into. Yeah. Gentlemen, Julian, Nick, we're at Nova Sauna. This is DadCast Podcast. Gentlemen, thank you so much for not only inviting us into your home today, but uh, becoming on the show, man. It's much appreciated. Your stories, Nick, about this is amazing, man. I, I cannot I wait to watch this one back. And Julian, the work you do, I mean, you're like a real-life superhero to people. Yeah. I really hope that through this process, I believe we're going to help millions and millions of people. I love it. And awesome. to top it all off, you guys are great dads, man, which yeah. is why we are here. So bring it in. We Thank you much, you. Nick. Thanks, boys. Thank you so much Thanks. for being here. To everyone watching, again, wherever you are and however you may be listening, thank you so much for checking out the pod. If you are checking us out on YouTube, make sure to smash that subscribe button, comment, like, share, do all the things. And, of course, go to Novasana. That's N-O-V-A-S-A-N-A dot com. Dot health. Dot health. Excuse me. N-O-V-A-S-A-N-A dot health. Uh, check out what they have to offer. If you're in the Southern Oregon area, of course, stop by, give them a visit, and uh, we'll check you guys out on the very next episode. Have a great rest of your day. See you.